Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me today. The title of my message today is You're Forgiven. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to be with us. You said that when you, we gather in your name, you are here in the midst of us. And so we just acknowledge you. We appreciate you. We thank you for being here with us and teaching us, preparing us for when we meet up with you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. I'm so excited to serve him. And I want to start um, the, to tell you what happened with me this morning. I had done something a while ago, and we know that when we sin, we pay the consequences. At least that's what we think. My mom always said, you made your bed, you lay in it. <clears throat> and when God was teaching me his way a while ago, he showed me that I'm forgiven. I mean, he made it like really real to me. We can read it, which we're going to read it. But when you have that intimacy with him and you hear him say you're forgiven, that is like the coolest thing. And that is really what brings you the most faith. So anyway, something I did a year or two ago kind of caught up with me and I was feeling bad about it. Um, and I was kind of dragging my feet a little bit and not liking myself. And this morning when God woke me up, it, it was so intimate. It was so sweet. And I just heard him whisper in my ear. You know, if you ever have conversations with God, you can kind of see what he's doing. And he was whispering in my ear and he said, I forgive you. And that is it just made me feel so much better. And then it made me realize he's going to help me um, fix that thing. And even though we know that, you know, we can read it and get it in our brain. When um, he speaks to us, it's so much different than that. You know, it's so intimate. It's so compassionate and caring. And I want to read to you, um, starting with Isaiah which I don't think that we truly get. And as I said, we really don't get it until he shows it to us. But he has borne our um, grief, sicknesses, weaknesses. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 3. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, acquitted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we do not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our grief, sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we, though, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned our, to, to, our, to his own way, and the Lord has made light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. So really what's being said here is we don't get it. What actually happened is Jesus bore our sickness, our disease, our sorrow, our pain. He became sin for us because we couldn't do it. We just didn't get it. And so he did it for us. He took on the pain, the sorrow, 
our sickness, our disease. He, he took on the consequence of our sin for us because we just couldn't do it. I wanted to talk about how compassionate God is. In Genesis, you can see his compassion. Well, first of all, you know, he was so grieved at all the evil. And he said to Noah that he was just going to flood the earth. And, you know, he, the, the cool thing is, is he went to Noah. You know, Noah was a righteous man. He obviously was serving God. And God told him what he was going to do. And he gave him instruction, we know, to build an ark and to bring the animals with him on the ark. And so anyway, God did. He flooded the earth and, and there was nothing left. Nothing was breathing. And it says that, um, you know, after everything was flooded and there was no breath um, in anything that had nostrils, I think how it went. Actually, I could read it to you. So Genesis 7, God destroyed, he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the earth, man and animals and the creeping things. And the birds of the heavens were destroyed, blotted out from the land, and only Noah remained alive and those who were with him on the ark. And the waters prevailed mightily upon the earth and land for five months. And, you know, I was reading this this morning, and I started thinking about that. Why five months? Why, why, was, why did that happen for five whole months? Then it says, and God earnestly remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him on the ark. And God made a wind blow over the land and the water sank down and abated. So for five months, you know, I stopped there when I got to that. And I realized that God was grieving. It took him five months to get over that. Think about it. We were made in his likeness. We have emotion, and he was having emotions. It took him five months, and then he earnestly remembered Noah and the ark. So after all that time of grieving, he remembered Noah. I looked up um, the word earnestly just to get an idea of what God was saying. And I don't know if I wrote it down, but um, where I was looking, it said that God was um, convicted and compassionate remembering. Um, I, I'm just putting all this stuff together, and, and this is just what it, it was saying to me, that he, he felt convicted and remembered that Noah loved him. And then he made a wind blow on the earth. And then it took another five months for that water to go. And for Noah to finally, I think seven months for him finally to land somewhere. God is compassionate. And I don't think we can understand what Jesus did alone without having more of a background of God. And that's why we have a word of God to read it, to get to know him. And when you read it, he makes it come alive like he did for me. All of a sudden I knew that he was saying that he was depressed, he was grieving, he hated what he had to do. And so that gives us an idea of, you know, what God will do, how he just goes all out for his children. And that, 
you know, he he is so, so very in love with us. And we got to know that. We got to know that to realize even what Jesus did. Jesus came and he laid down his life for you. You probably heard the story. He was, he was beaten. He was downtrodden. He was treated awful. He was a king. He only came and did good. And the Pharisees didn't like him because people are convicted by the truth and people are jealous and evil, which is why God has to constantly be doing something to get rid of the evil, which is why God is going to come again and start over again. And if you don't know about that, the prophecy is in, well, mostly in the book of Revelation. And you can go there and see it for yourself. But, you know, to have that intimate relationship with him and hear him whisper in your ear, you're forgiven. Um, The last time he said that to me, well, he didn't say you're forgiven. He said, I forgive you. It was personable. But I am forgiven. And he showed me that through Isaiah, you know, a long time ago when I was in trouble and I, I was feeling bad about myself. And um, he said, you're forgiven. And it was actually about debt. He said, I forgive you of that. You know, I was going to, he was calling me to go for him. And I said, when I get this cleaned up, I'm going to do that. And he said, no. He said, your job is keeping you in debt. I forgive you. What I have for you to do is going to provide for you. That's your provision. But, you know, just I just feel like God wants me to tell you today that you're not going to have that revelation knowledge of how you have been forgiven, how he took stripes for your healing, how you just have gotten off free from anything that you did, how you can just repent, just say, I'm not going to go that way anymore and change your way without a relationship with him. When you know the love that he has for you, when you experience that love, when he whispers in your ear, when he talks to you, when he, he frees you from debt, all the things that he does personally in your life, when you apply the word to your life, that's the only time you really can know that you're forgiven. It really is. You have to have that intimate relationship with him. And maybe you're just someone who doesn't know anything about that. And Jesus said he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him in, he's going to come in and he's going to dine with you. Now think about it. If he's going to dine with you, that means he's going to hang out. He's going to be with you. He told the disciples, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but when I go, the Father is going to send the Spirit, God's Spirit, to live inside of us and be with us all the time. And when you submit to him, I love John 15, 1 through 8. Jesus says it this way. He said, I'm the vine, Father's vine dresser. You're the branches. And when you let me clean you up, it's just my version of it. When you let me get the dead branches out of your life, when you let me help you get cleaned up and get rid of the doubt and the unbelief and all the things that are holding you back, you know, your shameful nature, the bad things you think about yourself. When you let me fix you, get your mind fixed up to, to think the truth, get it right in your heart. We're going to be in agreement And you're going to ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. And my Father would be glorified, and then you prove to be true disciples of mine. So when you ask Him to come and live on the inside of you, that's what's going to happen. 
He's going to do surgery in you. He's going to get rid of all the pain, your sorrow, your sickness, your disease. He's going to take care of you. He's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to tell you things to come. Um, he's going to remind you of the things that he said in his word. John 1, 1 tells us he is his word. And so the word of God is him talking to you. It is him. It's what he thinks. It's his opinion. And when you do the word of God, when you look at the word of God, you're going to get to know him. And Jesus said, if you obey me, you love me, and then I will show myself to you. My sheep know my voice. And so when you give him that attention and when you do everything he tells you to do, he's going to show himself to you and you're going to have an intimate relationship with him. I can't wait to get on my knees every morning and just feel comforted and encouraged and loved. I really can't. I can't wait to do that because the enemy is always coming to kill, steal, and destroy your joy, your peace, your happiness, your confidence, Anything he can do to kill, steal, and destroy in your life, he will. Jesus came that you may have life and have it to the full, fullest until it overflows. All who are weary and heavy laden, he said, come and find rest. I find rest there every morning. He encourages me, tells me I'm good enough. He tells me things to come. He reminds me of the things he said. He corrects me. That doesn't always feel so good, but he corrects those that he loves. And his correction is to bring you into his kingdom where you can live that full and abundant life. He has come that you may have life, have it to the full, till it overflows. Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a good plan for you. And all the things that you're hanging on to that are holding you back are lies because he freed you from that. Jesus came to make it easy for us. God could see that we just couldn't do it. But now we can live sin-free because Jesus bore your sin for you. He already shed his blood. He laid down his life. He took on your sin so that you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to, it's not held against you. And um, <clears throat> the way to live that, to apply that to your life is to believe it. And that's why he whispered in my ear, I forgive you, because it helps me to believe. It's on the paper, it's his, it's his word, but he makes it come alive when you have that personal relationship with him. And so you have to seek to have that relationship. Jeremiah says, those who seek me as a vital necessity will find me. If you're just messing around and you're not serious about your relationship with him, it's, it's not going to be fruitful at all. But if you seek him as a vital necessity, it's going to be fruitful. You're going to find him. And everything, everything in your life is going to change from ordinary to extraordinary to good. And you're going to have happiness, peace, joy, and contentment. You're going to be excited to serve him once you get to know him. You're going to fall in love with him. And then you're going to have the revelation of you are forgiven. He loved you that much that he gave up his life for you. He took those stripes for your healing so you don't have to be sick. He shed his blood so that you can be forgiven and have eternal life. He died and rose back to life again, so you don't have to die. You're just going to leave here and go and be with him. He's so good, so in love with him. If you want him to come and live on the inside of you, all you got to do is ask. You can, I can say a prayer with you now. You can ask anytime otherwise. 
And he's going to come and he's going to live on the inside of you. And he's going to be there for you all the time. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And after you say that prayer, you need to look at the word of God and then get to know him and then apply it. And then he's going to start teaching you. He's going to start manifesting himself to you. He's going to correct you. He's going to encourage you. He's so good. He's so in love with you. He's only going to do good for you. John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life, have to the full, till it overflows. So say that prayer with me, dear Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you are already knocking at the door of our heart. And we just are just welcoming you to come in. Fill us with your spirit to overflowing. Teach us, correct us. Help us to be truly committed to you, to live in your kingdom and represent you right here on the earth so that we can be an attraction for you and show others who you are by having your power manifesting in our lives. Thank you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just, with that word power, God reminded me of what him and I were talking about today, what he was reiterating to me is we have the power to live sin-free when He lives on the inside of us, because we have the Holy Spirit constantly teaching us, and we might get off the path and make a mistake, as I do, did, and but the Holy Spirit's going to get us right back on track, and it's His kindness that brings us to repentance. So when He whispers in your ear and He, he encourages you, that's what helps you to get back and to remember that it's okay. Jesus already took care of that for you a long time ago, and you're forgiven. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless you.